0: Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just want to make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review. That would be very appreciated. All right, guys, let's dive in. I found
1: a little like you know the acorns on the ground type thing or the low hanging fruit that no one, that no one was touching. Yeah. Um. So the first one I just flipped to a realtor for five thousand and I paid two hundred eighty five dollars for it.
0: You are listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for being with me today. I appreciate it. I have a fun episode for you. We are going to be talking about investing in land. I have never invested in land. It's not something that I've spent any time or energy on. And so I wanted to have my guest Brent on today because he is an expert in doing that. And I think it's a fascinating uh, aspect or a fascinating part of this whole real estate world that we're in. And it's something I don't know a lot about. So I'm I'm genuinely curious. And I think it's something uh, interesting for you guys to consider and we had a lot of fun talking about it. Why it makes sense, and I, I kind of challenged some of maybe my limiting beliefs about why uh, I've never done land investing, and some of the things that I assume would be problems with investing in land. And you guys get to hear that, and so I'm excited to bring that to you. So, without any further ado, I bring you Brent Bowers. All right, Brent, thank you for being here, man. Thanks for being on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate your time. Mike
1: Simmons, thank you so much for having
0: me. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, we chatted a bit prior to going live here, and I shared with you that I don't really have a lot of folks that come on and talk about the kind of investing that you're going to talk about. And I'll be honest, it's always interests me, and I'll be honest that I've never tried it. So uh, I'm, I'm sort of a, a novice when it comes to this type, and I'm, I'm curious as to why someone goes in this direction. Uh, but let's let's dive into your, your background just a little bit. I know people don't want to hear lengthy lengthy conversations about people's background but I think it's important to frame who we're talking to and why you do what you do and and I think it's just important to get that perspective. So if you don't mind kind of tell us what you did before real estate and what got you into this world.
1: Yeah, um thanks for asking. Uh you know, I think I think you're right. The background does kind of play and it's my huge why why I built this crazy business that that you don't hear about very often. Yeah. And it was ultimately because I needed I needed something, and I was actually running away from something. You know, most people run away, right, away from pain or towards pleasure. Yep. So, 2004, I graduate high school. 2005, 2006, I had a very successful lawn company. My dad actually came out with me um, because I needed to hire some people to help me. He came out, invested, and then we ended up hiring as well. But that's not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I w- I've always been an entrepreneur business person. Um, I've always thought like that. I always wanted to sell things and, mm-hmm. you know, have a business. And I was always fascinated with what people did with real estate. They take this junky, nasty place and turn it into something great. Well, I got my real estate license in 2007 after taking the freaking Test like three times. Um, Either I'm a slow learner, or I don't know. I just I have excuses why it took me three times. But whatever, I'm just not that good.
0: (laughs) I like the Um, admission though. That's good. That's good. (laughs) I got so many excuses, but uh, anyhow,
1: it took me three times. I'm no one special. I got the real estate license, but here's what's what's special about me is just start real estate. That's my life. Just take action. Just do it because we don't always have the answers that we 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 need tomorrow. But we got the answers for today, and tomorrow will come whether we like it or not. Then the answers will come tomorrow. So I pulled the trigger, got my real estate license. Within a few days of joining my brokerage, I put an offer on a house, and guess what? I got the offer accepted. One of the um, one of the uh, guys or one of the the ladies in the company had listed the house, and I bought it. So I was the buyer's agent. I got paid. I now have a rental. It's two thousand seven, two thousand. Right after that, we moved to the coast. I'm going to be a real estate agent. Got my teeth kicked in almost every day. Grandpa said, "Go back to school, do something different. You know, join the military. You can retire with twenty years." I was like, "That sounds way better than what I'm doing right now." Because (laughs) ultimately, it got so bad, I had to move in with my in-laws into like a nine hundred square foot house. Um, So the military sounded great. So I joined the military. um, October two thousand nine. I'm in Afghanistan. Really, very close. For after that. Uh, for exactly one year, come back for one year, go again for another year. Wow well, this time I'm only four months in. Uh, well, let me back up actually. Um, I'm only about a month in and my my first wife leaves because I'm always gone. like so that While was, like, you
0: were in a- Afghanistan
1: Yeah, yeah oh. and it's nothing against her like she she should have left like I was never home. So you know I don't blame her. So I'm moving forward. Army pulls me out of Afghanistan. And they send me to college. So I'm back in Florida because I've been in Germany and Afghanistan now for a couple of years. So I took Mm. a break with real estate. Yeah. Well, guess who's back in the business? I put an offer on a house. I'm now a bachelor. I rent out the rooms. I'm now what we call house hacking. I didn't even know Mm -hmm. that was a term back then, but it gave me my launch. I started with rentals. I had like five or six of them before I knew it. And I was in massive debt about 2015. I'm like, this is just, and I see what's repeating again. I'm not able to pay my bills again. I have now have businesses, houses, and I'm real estate license. I'm an army officer, and here I am broke again.
0: Let me ask you something and, real quick. Let me dive <laughs> in. This is a little tangent. I, I know it's not on on uh, it's not on so, on topic really, but just out of curiosity, you had no money. You were like sharing, you know, rooms and house hacking. How did you get five rentals? How did you finance five rentals as someone who admittedly was in debt?
1: Well, that's what, no, that's why I didn't have any money because I, so the first one in 2013, I bought it and uh, I bought it with no money. I bought it with my VA loan mm, and I okay. fixed it up, painted it, put all the new appliances, gotcha. did all, replaced all the toilets, got carpet. I now had a beautiful, immaculate house and I had people like fighting to rent a room for me at $600 pop. So I'm making money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I refinanced the house. I pull okay. out fifty five cash and I buy the dump down the road. Yep, and here I go again.
0: Okay, so you kind of uh, bird it, you kind of bur method it. It sounds like a little bit. Okay, that's cool. Before 100%. that was even popular, right?
1: I didn't know what the heck that was. Called what either. are you doing
0: now? I need to tap into what you're doing now because it might be the hot trend in five years. Right, well, anyways, we're go ahead. We'll, we'll get there, it. right? We'll get there. We'll get
1: there. <laughs> we're about. I uh, appreciate that. that. That really made me feel good. I don't have to do anything else today. You just that's right. Built my ego. Um, so we, I get the second one. I do the same thing, uh, sweat. And I'm like, now this time I'm taking out student loans to pay for renovations. Yeah. Um, and then I took the cash out of that one and I bought a triplex in Colorado Springs and then another house. So, but before I knew it, I'm like, oh my God, I've maxed out American Express, Home Depot. I've got student <laughs> loans and it just weighed on me. I was still paying the bills. I was paying the, the, the debt service, Yeah. But it didn't feel right. And I'm an army officer. Like we, we, we got We're not supposed to be in debt and all that. Like we have clearances and yada, yada. So I start wholesaling houses to pay the debt off. And okay. it's going okay. We talked about Tom Kroll. I, I met him with Wholesaling Inc. Phenomenal system. Taught me how to build a business around it. But here I am, gone again. In uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. In the field, training and gone. And it just wasn't working out very well. I started building a team and then I stumbled on land. And we started, we did one transaction, then a second transaction. Before I knew it, I had multiple notes paying me from people that I'm seller financing land to. And I realized, I was like, wait a minute, we just covered our car payment, our mortgage almost. We're almost covered our mortgage and our car payment. I was like, if we just do a few more, we're financially free. And that's what I just started focusing on land more. And here we are today.
0: Nice. Love it. Super
1: long intro. I know you didn't want it to go No,
0: that's that okay. No, that's good. It's good stuff. Um, well, first of all, thank you for your service. That's number one. I appreciate what you do for the country, what you did for the country. That was phenomenal. And thank you. Um, so you at first did some rentals. You had some rentals. Do you still have those, by the way, that you bought back in 2007, 2008, whatever, on uh, that yeah. time frame? Okay. Uh, not
1: the seven one. I finally got rid of that. Dang and I never made a penny off of it. Okay. It was All right. the worst rental ever.
0: <laughs> okay. But the other ones you must have bought them right because obviously prices were a lot lower back then. So that's good. Yep. Um, so you went from that to doing wholesaling. Did you like wholesaling by the way?
1: Um, no. No. Yeah. Um, I didn't. And we still have the wholesaling company. I never let it go, but I I hired people that were way better at it than I am. Okay. Uh, so so you still you
0: still have that company, you're just not yes. active inside of it. Okay. One hundred percent. Gotcha. And then you went to land. First of all, how did you? What land is not a type of investing that you necessarily will for sure come across. You know, most people house flipping, landlords, uh, wholesaling. Those three are the three big. You know, the ones that everyone hears about. And and if you walk into a RIA or you go to some sort of a mastermind, like that's what most people are doing. One of those three. Yeah. How did land hit your radar?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I was doing okay in the wholesaling. Like I said, I was like in the field a lot. So I hired a a team and I was spending a fortune uh, because the market was rising. So I was spending Mm -hmm. a fortune on on mailers and don't get me wrong. The KPIs were still good for every dollar we spent. We made almost $3 back. Um, So it was working out, but I heard this guy on the radio or not the radio the podcast, because I was still searching for answers and what, and I talked about that pain I was running away from. I didn't want what happened to me um, with my first wife to happen again. And this time we have babies now involved. Mm -hmm. Um, We now have our first baby and I want to see this kid's life. And I don't want to be gone all the time. Like the thought of getting on a plane and leaving for a year again was like crushing my soul. Um, So I knew I had to get some business going to take care of all of our expenses, health insurance to get out of the military. Basically I needed to get out. Um, so, I heard this guy on a podcast buying land at crazy massive discounts and flipping this stuff overnight and tr- like tripling and quadrupling and 10Xing his money. And I was like, if he can do it, I can do it type thing. Cause I'm already, I've already built the business. Yeah. And I had already been mailing the tax delinquent list for all the properties. And for some reason, I took out the land. I took out the land records mm-hmm. because no one wants that stuff. Right. How do right. you make money with it? Like, yep. There's no way to cash flow on it. So I mailed them and my phone absolutely blew up. And out of those mailers, I did two deals within about three weeks timeframe and each one of them netted me over 4,500 bucks.
0: Okay. Let me ask you this real quick. First of all, give us some reference of time. How long ago did you do that? What you just talked about, that first mailing where you got your phone blew up. What year are we talking 2016. Okay. So it's been about five years since that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And your your phone blew up, you made some money, and then did you immediately go, this is what I want to do from now on? Or did it take (laughs) you a while to warm up to the idea? I did have to warm up to it because I didn't think it was possible to keep happening.
1: Okay. So that first one that I thought was the tax delinquent list, what I just told you was the tax delinquent list, was actually the, the county held tax delinquent list because I couldn't figure out why I kept getting this land that was not buildable, not accessible. Like, and why aren't tax lien investors buying it and, t- and taking the property back? Because it was so inefficient. They weren't going for the deed. They, they weren't foreclosing. So basically the sellers were like four or five, six years behind on taxes yeah. and no one was taking this land from because they didn't know what to do with it because it wasn't buildable, wasn't accessible, wasn't the stuff that everyone's going after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I found a little like you know the acorns on the ground type thing, or the low hanging fruit that no one, that no one was touching. Yeah. Um. So the first one I just flipped to a realtor for five thousand, and I paid two hundred eighty five dollars for it. And the second one I bought for five hundred and got five hundred down and four hundred a month. Um. And I sold that one for. What are people grand. doing
0: with it if it's not accessible, not buildable? What are they doing with it? So the first one,
1: um, it was a realtor that their office was right down the road. It was speculation because she knew that one day the, the city was going to allow a second ingress and egress across the railroad tracks. So the firefighter or the, the chief of fire would approve the road to build all these. I mean, there was like million dollar homes, like less than a stone's throw away. Yeah. So those lots were going for about 10 grand um, on speculation. The second one was about four and a half acres just South of NORAD in Colorado Springs. And if you took the time with a, with a, a real estate attorney to get legal ingress, egress, basically AKA access to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got a piece of land worth a hundred thousand dollars, but it's going to take years and, and a lot of money to do it. Okay, And I didn't have that. So I, I disclosed all this stuff and sold it. I think the third one, uh, no, the fourth one was from a bank. You know, they gave me the contract for 25,000 land was worth about eighty. I sold it. I assigned my contract to a rancher looking for a piece of land. And that the bank one was. You accessible. assigned it?
0: The bank? Oh, yeah. You assigned it? Okay. Banks do wild things. <laughs> well, when they have assets they don't know what to do with, right? So, yeah. all right. Lots of questions. You ran a wholesaling company, and I'm going to try to bridge the gap here a little bit between what you do now in, in your wholesaling company. In a wholes- and I run a wholesaling company too, full, for full disclosure to you. My listeners know they probably say it a million times. So, I know in wholesaling, we do a lot of marketing. We do direct mail. We do PPC. We do all, all these marketing channels, right? And then that that generates leads, calls, you know, emails, form fills, whatever. Our team takes that and we find the people who are serious about selling. We go out there. We get the contract. We market that to our buyers via like a MailChimp, AWeber kind of a software. And then we go to closing and we assign it or we double close or whatever we're going to do, right? That's sort of like at a high level. That's the wholesaling process. How... How does this differ, or maybe the other way of looking at it? How similar is it to that? It works hand in hand.
1: I've gotten some massive house deals from a land mailer and vice versa. Um, you know, I, and I've uh, some of the biggest assignments I've ever done have been land, assigning a contract on land. Um, so the, here's what's different you know, the land doesn't smell like cat pee most of the time. Um, The land doesn't have a roof that's falling in or a foundation that needs fixed or plumbing that needs or sewage, all that stuff, hopefully. (laughs) Um, So really, it's no different. It really is no different. Um, And I feel like that's where a lot of my... I teach people how to do this. A lot of uh, people I teach how to do this already have established wholesaling companies. Right.
0: So, okay. And I know how to find buyers for houses, obviously. It's very straightforward. We all know how to do that. How do you find buyers for land?
1: Yeah. I, I, uh, I like to find the area. So first I pick my playground. Um, I generally recommend someone within about a two and a half hour radius of where they currently live now, because that's kind of how I started mm-hmm. and or the market you're investing in already if you're you're already started. Um, and then I go on PropStream or ListSource or mm-hmm. price.com or the county tax delinquent list by going to the county treasurer. And I get their information and I get the the mailing address, the name of, of the owner, and then I mail them a postcard or what I call my LOL, my land offer letter. Okay. Um, the postcard super simple. It's black and white. It says, you know, hey, I'd like to buy your land. Um, if you're interested, give me a call. I'll give you a fair cash offer. Um, and I'm, my exit strategy is going to be pretty much three ways. I'm going to get it under contract. Uh, obviously, I'm going to get it under contract for the least amount possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on what it is, maybe it's a buildable infill lot. I'm going to sign that contract to a builder or a developer or a, a, a house flipper. Or if it's kind of an outskirts of, of town and a little bit less expensive, I'm going to buy it myself at like, you know, 20, 30, 40 cents on the dollar. And I'm going to turn around and sell it someone else at a hundred cents on the dollar plus interest every month. And that's my preferred. I've got 115 notes or 114, 15, something like that. Paying me every month on those stuff. That's on the, just on the outskirts of town. Actually we have some on the inskirts of town too, um, but, and then the, the third method is I'm going to buy that infill buildable lot or the stuff on the outskirts and I'm gonna list it with a realtor and I, basically what we call a whole tail, really. Right. Um, yeah and I'm not doing anything to the land. I'm not changing the zoning. I'm not mowing it. I'm not cleaning it. Nothing.
0: Okay. So would you, all right. So here's what happens to me as a wholesaler. Cause you're right. I do find, um, you know, just in, incidentally, I'm not looking for land, but I do find land sometimes or. Um. Yeah. So I find land, and I'll find it in, like, on a city street in a sort of a sea neighborhood. It's uh, it's just like a little patch inside of a inside of a subdivision. It's buildable, but you know the houses around it are, you know, hundred and twenty five thousand dollar houses. Like you can't. Buy land and build on it without losing money, right? Yeah. So, what do you buy that kind of land, or how do you how do you value how do you what's your criteria for what you will buy and yeah. what you won't buy?
1: I don't really like that kind of land unless I'm buying it for about a thousand bucks. I'll buy that parcel of land, and if the house is going for hundred twenty five thousand, you know, brand new home, and they're if maybe they're not even building in that neighborhood. Yeah. I'm probably going to sell it for about nine or ten thousand dollars on seller financing. To not who? a good to who uh, who, who well, would want it? Neighbor, um, someone that one day is planning on building a house, or maybe a spec home builder that you know, I don't actually let me back up, not even a spec home builder because I don't really generally finance to those guys. They mm-hmm. usually have cash. Yeah. And yeah. they'll buy it for four or five thousand. Um, so I don't really go after that kind of land. Like people say, I can get this land for free in Detroit, Michigan.
0: <laughs> no I don't even mess with that. no, no, I wouldn't um, either. But like even in even in neighborhoods that are respectable and safe, still, in Michigan, at least, I know there are neighborhoods where you can buy all the houses in the neighborhood sell for between ninety and one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. and there happens to be this lot in that in that stretch of, you know, neighborhood. Like we just, pa- we just, we just ignore it. Like yeah. we don't, I don't want it. What am I going to do with it? No, no builder will buy. Cause no one's building there yeah. and they can't afford to build there anyway. Right. They would lose money. So you, you typically avoid those unless you get it so darn cheap and you just ask the neighbors, Hey, uh, would you guys want this for four or $5,000? I, you know, you bought exactly. it 500 and you're just kind of trying to quickly mix some money. Do you find in those like middle to lower neighborhoods, anybody takes you up on that? Like, they're probably using uh, it anyway, if it's a neighbor, right? They're probably yes. over there doing stuff anyway.
1: Yeah. So they will take you up on it, especially if they're adjacent to it, or they want to put a garden in it yeah. or a shed or a, like a, um, a, a, I've had people put like play sets for the kids. Cause like, a, a, you know, most people in a neighborhood want to improve their neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so, and if you make it affordable for them, like, I mean, like two, $300 a month, uh, give me five or give me $600 down, Two hundred dollars a month for the next, you know, ten years, uh, they will absolutely do it, and I'm paying only five hundred dollars for it, so we're profitable immediately.
0: So I've let me paid. ask you this: This is uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be a naysayer. I just have to wrap my head around mm-hmm. this. So you buy that property for five hundred dollars, you sell it to somebody for five thousand dollars, and they're paying you two hundred dollars a month for however many years it takes. Right? They stop paying you after six months. You can't yeah. exactly evict them. They, they don't live there. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and they have already have a playscape over there and they stop paying, playing or paying you and they still have their guard in their playscape. What stops them from just stop paying you after a few months and go, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. Um, you know, I generally, the bigger the down payment I get, the, the less, the less likely they're going to default. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say one out of maybe 12 or 13, of these that I do will default. I mean, and just granted, I only started this in 2016.
0: Mm-hmm. I only
1: have five years of data. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it might get worse. I, I literally I'm pretty sure that I will have land that my children's children will inherit. Yeah. Because I've done some of these now three times. But here's what's cool: I'm so profitable on it because I've already paid off my initial investment. Yeah. It's like because a lot of people are, well, what happens when they pay off the land? Well, what happens when I take it back three times? And I've had a I've had literally a note paying me almost. a month now for the last 36 months and I've sold it again. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they will stop. So what's cool about them not laying their head there at night. I don't do this on houses. There's no respite laws. There's no Dodd-Frank. I don't have to evict. I do the cancellation of of contract um, where I send a certified letter. I actually have my uh, legal shield attorney uh, write that and cancel that. Mm -hmm. Um, That way it's on the up and up. Um, But we used to just send certified mail text, email. Now, granted, we try and modify the loan. Like We're humans. The land's paid for. We're already profitable on it. We don't want to take someone's money. I've had people let land go back that they paid me almost $7,800 on. Mm. And it's just like, it's heartbreaking, but it happens. Easy come, easy go. We're not doing credit checks. We're not doing background checks. And then sometimes people are like, hey, I bought that land in Colorado. It's beautiful. But we're not moving out there now. You can have it back. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why don't you sell it? So I, I, I educate <laughs> exactly. them and we've had some people sell it for more. Yeah. Um, That's, cool.
0: That's cool. Okay. So you don't, those neighborhood land deals, you're not necessarily, those aren't your bread and butter. You're not loving them necessarily. No. You do them, but they, they're they not always the best. So what is your criteria? You get, you know, someone calls you off of a mailer or something you did. How, what mm-hmm. are you, what's your checklist that tells you this is something I want?
1: Yeah. Um, generally, my minimum on what it is i want to 3x my money okay Uh so for instance if someone says yeah i got this piece of land um i want you know twenty thousand dollars for it we see it's worth only thirty thousand that's not going to work for us yeah so we say what's the least you can take you know sure. go back and forth yeah. well my warm and fuzzy would be about ninety nine hundred dollars mike um that's the best I can do. I'm not saying the land's not worth more than that. I'm just saying that's the most I can pay for it. Yep. So that way, I bought it at, at literally at one third what it's worth. I got the okay. margin of safety. I got a buffer. Um, I built in, uh, you know, pretty much my three X rule. And okay. I didn't. I didn't create that. That came from Warren Buffett. Um, and basically, that guarantees me a return. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to sell it for thirty thousand to someone else, and I'm going to let them pay me payments. I'm going to charge them 9% interest. Yep. So, and a lot of people are like, well, how do I get to 10,000? Well, you can either wholesale and assign your contracts on some deals until you get that 10,000, or you can talk to mother in law and pay mom 6% on 10 grand. And then you sell the land to George and you sell to him for 30 and he's paying you 9% on 30 grand. Yeah. And you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Got doing that. It.
0: So, so that's how you decide how much you'll offer. What, what, fe- I say features, it's land. I don't know what features you would get, but what like location checklists or what, what is it that makes a good deal other than the price you buy it for? and the price you can sell it for. Like what, what, you know, like at a house, it's like nothing on a main road. I want to make sure that it was built, you know, after 1960 or whatever. People have their criteria. What, what kind of criteria, if any, exists with land?
1: Yeah. It's got to have a blue sky above it.
0: And I don't (laughs) like environmental issues. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, I'll
1: tell you a story about one environmental issue. We, I was really nervous um, because there's a secret with every house, right? You know, mm-hmm. especially when you uh flip them, renovate sure. them. Yeah. Um, I love renovating houses just because it's such a challenge. It it like tr- it literally gives me character, gives me patience.
0: <laughs> um That's
1: you know, and it's fun seeing the end product, and then the family moves in. That's a celebration. Um, but anyhow, so we had this piece of land, it's one acre on a main drag in Colorado commercial property, and the seller said it's got asbestos. There's a, there's a, uh, I think he said it was like a 2,900 square foot building on it. I never went and looked at it. My acquisition manager didn't look at it either. Uh, but she told me about it and she said, it's got asbestos. I said, we're not buying it. What a, we're not buying it. Cause so we actually yeah. have a 19 unit apartment complex that we're uh, an investor in and we had to mitigate asbestos. Holy cow. What a nightmare. Yeah. So I said, don't buy it. We'll assign it and it had a lot of back taxes, had like 4,800 in back taxes. So we got it for for $1. We paid $1 for it under contract, and then we covered the back taxes. And you asked me earlier, how's this different from wholesaling houses? Well, a, about my 10th land deal, I used to put them all on Craigslist and Facebook, and I would put signs out. And one of my cash buyers from my my house business, one of my big cash buyers... Um, it's like that guy could buy anything. He still does buy anything. He's a spec home builder now too. And he goes, Hey, I saw the, the land you had on Craigslist. Why didn't you tell me about it? I was like, I didn't know house buyers bought land. He goes, dude, I'm building like three houses right now. Like tell me about the next one. So I like a light bulb went off and I was like, I started mailing my, my house cash buyers, the land deals now. Yeah. So long story short, we mail out this, this land deal and the guy that buys it, We ultimately, long story short, made a $27,000 assignment fee on a free piece of land. Wow. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Now with houses, so one of the big things, just like with buying houses or doing wholesaling, the number that starts everything in in all your calculations, your profit, everything emanates from that ARV, right? When you're going to flip a house, like you have to figure out the ARV. If your ARV is off, Every number after that is going to be off, right? So, yeah. how do you value property? My guess is, and I, I don't want to oversimplify this. It's like it's like it's got to be cost per acre. Like, there's no features necessarily, right? I mean, I know there could be features, but in generally, two pieces of land are just two pieces of dirt at a certain size in a certain yeah. area. Is it easier to value land than it is houses, or or, or not not easier?
1: Me personally, I think it's easier, and that's why I love land so much. It's just just you just said certain size, certain area. Um, that's all we do. We go and look on Zillow and Redfin and Land Watch on that certain size within the certain area and see what those sold for. And we look. I li- I really like to look in the last three months. And what's cool about you know the last two years now, land has really become in quite demand. Um, in the last 2 years hmm. so a lot more volume is happening on land than ever before i used to have to go back 6 months 9 months now my 3 months 3 months is perfect uh so i see that you know if we're looking at these buildable lots in the in this area you know 80906 zip code and i see that this one sold for 9000 this one sold for 18000 this one sold for uh 9600 this one sold for 7600 I'm gonna throw that $18, one away because that's an outlier
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm gonna I'm gonna add up those other three and I'm gonna divide it by three and I'm gonna look at the average and I'm gonna try and get it for lower
0: yeah that makes sense I mean, it similar to what you do with a house right you throw out the outliers so what per, uh well a couple things two qu- I'll do the first one first so if you have a piece of land, you said you have a hundred and some notes. where people bought land from you, and it's on terms, right? They're paying you, they're paying you a monthly, um, you know, payment. If I buy land from you for twenty thousand dollars, and I'm making payments on that, and I build a house on it, yeah. and I stop paying for the land, see, I keep going back to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you don't own the house; you own the no, land. I don't. What are your recourses if someone defaults on land when there's a house they built on it? We'd be going to court
1: more than likely. Okay. Um, so yeah, we would definitely be going to court because you wouldn't let me cancel that contract and I wouldn't let you not pay for it. Right. So more than like, and I've never been to court for this. Okay. I don't allow people to build houses on them. I'll allow you to put a fence, a driveway. A oh, you,
0: oh well, that's interesting to me. So when all of your deals, all these hundred of land deals that you have financed, you don't let people build houses. No, oh, that's super want, interesting. Okay, they're not
1: allowed to put their head there at night. Um, they can't, but they can't let li- they can't live there. And now, has it happened? Maybe I've only went to I haven't went to my I've bought 117 parcels of land in Arizona. I've never been to that county. Okay, um, so maybe people are building on it, um, but I don't let them. Okay. Now, here's what happens: like I've got 20 acres outside of in Fountain, Colorado, uh, that we sold to somebody when he goes to that bank to finally build that that dream home that he's going to build the bank's going to call or they're going to look and notice that's that someone else owns the land besides this guy cuz the deed's still in my name
0: oh okay okay so you're not so, like you're not you're not land contracting to them um, you own it still you're basically renting them the land
1: or I rent to own a, kind
0: of a thing Yep. Contract for deed. So when they
1: fulfill that contract, they pay off that balance. I have 90 days to transfer that deed to them. But the bank's going to do a lien search. I'm going to say, hey, Brent Bowers owns this. So they're going to call me and I'm going to say, hey, here's the balance. It's $20,000. He's trying to get a construction loan. The bank's going to pay me off because now I'm a junior lien. They want to be the only lien person. And then now that that land's going to go to the buyer, the one that's building the house. Mm -hmm. It's now in his name. I'm paid off. And now he's going to build his build his house on there, and the and the the bank's now going to use that land as you know security. Yeah. Um. So that's what happens now. Sometimes I do transfer the land, but generally that's a that's anywhere from a, a six thousand plus down payment, and usually that's when a realtor brings me the buyer. They want to close to a title company. I will, but you've got to do a bigger down payment, and gotcha. I usually don't have an issue with those. i gotcha. um, I thank God I've never had a default. On anyone that's put over six thousand
0: down. Gotcha. So this land thing is interesting to me. What I do love about it is the fact that you're getting these payments from folks, and you don't get calls because the roof is leaking. Yeah. it's drafty. You know, the floorboards are creaking. Whatever. You know, whatever the crazy things people call for, you don't get those calls, and I think that's really, really cool. When you're doing these, um, you know, with a house that you're flipping, it's like ARV minus purchase price, minus renovations, minus holding costs, all these things, right? What does the formula at a high level look like when you're trying to come up with your purchase price? I mean, is it literally just like, I'm going to run comps and I'm going to take, it's going to be 30% of that. And that's, that's just my, that's my number. Is that how it typically works? Used to.
1: I used to just do that. I would get it below 30%. Now, lately, now that the land uh, prices have been skyrocketing and going up, uh, we have been paying more because it's way easier to sell it than it used to be. Um, because I'm telling you, not uh, basically two years ago, it was a buyer's market for land and in mm. most of the areas I'm at. Now it's more of a seller's market. So I can sell it for easier. I can sell it for more. Gotcha. I can sell it for a higher interest rate. So now it's like we're generally paying anywhere from like 35 to 45 cents on the dollar. Um, so that used to be my buy box. Like anything I can 3X. Now sometimes we 10X, sometimes we 12X. Um, I've literally got land for 700 bucks that we sold for 39,000 Um many times. Um so you know my minimum was the 3x and ultimately it, it averages out.
0: Okay. So uh remind me where where do you live? Like what what is the area of the country that you live in?
1: Yeah, I'm in Florida.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. Um and you've bought in Arizona you said, but you've never been there, you've bought tons of land there. <laughs> Why did yeah. you go outside of Florida? Why not just stay in your backyard?
1: So really, I actually started in Colorado Springs when I was stationed in uh, Fort Carson. Okay. Um so I started there. And then I got into Florida because I got my dad involved in this and we started buying land or really, he started buying land in Okeechobee and I uh, would sell or finance it. Basically, I would come with the cash and then we'd have a note, and we'd split it. And then I went out and got a coach because I was like, man, I'm making all this money in land. There's got to be there's got to be something I'm missing. Yeah. Well, I hired a coach and then the coach said, hey, I've got 117 parcels for sale. And I said, I don't have that kind of money right now, but I went and found a partner and this partner was a land specialist realtor okay. and we bought it. So now we're in Arizona, Florida, and Colorado. And I was only in those three states until about, I don't know, eight months ago, nine months ago. And we started mailing inherited property across the country started getting out on these podcasts. I started Mm -hmm. doing deals all over the country.
0: Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Perfect. No, that's great. That makes total sense. Um, Listen, I know we talked briefly. uh, You have a YouTube channel. So if you guys go to YouTube and just search for Brent Bowers, you will find him. He comes up. Uh, I have subscribed to it. Uh, If you're interested in land, if you're interested in finding out more about what Brent's up to, what he's doing, how he does it, uh, he shares videos there. You guys can can check those out. Uh, I think that would be very interesting if this is something that's interesting to you. I think there's a lot of great reasons to invest in land for sure. Uh, I also know people can't... You know, There's like a thousand ways to make money in real estate. So I get it. We can't all do all of them. But if this one resonates with you, if it makes sense to you, if if it's interesting, it's something that you want to find more about, then go to Brent Bowers on YouTube. Check him out. Make sure you subscribe, by the way. Don't just go and absorb the content and move on. Like, that's fine. He gets views, but click the subscribe button. It will not hurt you, but it helps him. It's, it's currency, right? Just yes. like I tell you guys listening to uh, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It is of tremendous value to us creators. So uh, please do that for him, but check him out and go there and check it out. And uh, I think you'll be glad that you did. Uh, any Anything before we go, Brent, any parting words, something you want to leave people with as we uh, wrap this up? It's been super interesting for me. So I think it's going to be very interesting for the folks listening, but anything you want to leave us with?
1: Yeah. I mean, Just just your name. The name of this podcast, Just Start Real Estate. You've got to just start. And then when you start, you got to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It doesn't take 24 hours a day. You can literally do do this one hour a day and really build a massive business five years from now.
0: Yep. Isn't it funny? The people who... I'm, I'm using air quotes if you're just listening to this. The people who luck into being successful in real estate coincidentally are the action takers. The people who go out and actually take action and do what they hear they go and implement. Like implementers tend to be the luckiest and most successful people, right? It's not a coincidence, man. Just get out there and get started. Yeah, so true. Thank you so much. Love it, man. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon all right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that with uh, Brent. He was awesome. Uh, Very interesting to me, this whole land investment thing. If it makes sense for you, if it sounded interesting, go and check him out on YouTube and see what he's all about. Uh, He's definitely knowledgeable about what he's doing. uh, And I think it's the right thing for, for some people. So if it sounded interesting, go check it out. But either way, guys, the idea is to expose you to all of the possibilities in real estate. Not just what I do, not just what my friends do, but what all people are doing and just show you that there's just infinite ways to make money in real estate and you just need to pick one and go for it. So if it's interesting to you, go check that out. But either way, get started now. It's the right time. Do it for you. Do it for your family. Do it for your future self. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.